Recording in progress. Thank you all so much for joining me today. Um, before I begin, I need to pray. Father God, we just come boldly before your throne of grace. We thank you so much for giving us your word. We ask that you equip us with your word so that we can be very familiar with it in a way where we can apply what we need to apply in our life and also advance in your kingdom, advance in righteousness, advance in the ability to be able to please you, God. So we want to live a life that's full of abundance, God. So we just ask that you just please continue to help us. We ask that you remove barriers and obstacles out of our path so that we can fulfill your plan, will, and purpose. God, tonight I'm talking about Israel, your great people, Lord. You know what your Bible, what your words say, God. Your word is is inspired by you, God. So we just receive your word. But we want to pray for the people in Israel, God. So we just lift them up to you. We plead the blood of Jesus from the top of their head to the soles of their feet, Lord. And we just thank you right now for your comfort and your divine intervention, God. We know what your word says regarding Israel. And so we just ask that you just please intervene, God. Give us miracles, God. We know that if we go to war with um Israel, with the, with the people that are attacking Israel, God, we know that your presence will soon follow. And so we just appreciate you, God. We just want your will to be done, God. We thank you right now that you protect your children, God, for you died on the cross for all of us. Jews, Gentiles, slave or free, it doesn't matter, God. You died for all of us, God, that believe in you, that have faith in you, that believe that you were crucified, resurrected, and ascended into heaven, God. We believe you, God. We are your children and we belong to you. So we ask that you just give us divine intervention and we let every burden, concern, and worry at your throne of grace, God. And we ask that you handle it for us on our behalf. And God, we just, I, I thank you so much for the Holy Spirit. So I ask that we ask that you just please fill us all up with your Holy Spirit. Allow us to receive and retain your word today. God, let me um, minister the word in a way that is edifying to the hearer where, where everyone can comprehend it and have revelation of your word in the name of Jesus Christ, God. I just thank you so much that your will be done, not ours or anyone else's, but yours. In the name of Jesus Christ, it is seven year time and blood. Amen. Thank you all so much for joining me tonight on this special segment of um, Israel. Okay, so I wanted to get right into the word today. Um, first, I would like to share some updates on Israel. This has been a lot of discussion um, surrounding what is going on in Israel. So just a few housekeeping rules. If you have any questions and you're joining me via Zoom webinar, please go ahead and put them in the Q&A and I will be sure to respond to you there. In addition, if you're joining me on any of the audio apps such as um, uh, Spotify, Apple, or Podbean, any of those apps, just go ahead and please put your comments there and I'll respond to you there, okay? So I wanted to start off with a um, video. Actually, this video was just posted about six minutes well it says an hour here but they had updates just as, uh, about six minutes ago so let me go ahead and show this this is about a three minute video and it talks about what's going on in um israel right now to the day that israel was shot waves are spreading across war has broken out in the Middle East, and all signs now point to a long and bloody war. 
It began with a surprise attack from Hamas nearly 50 years to the day that Israel was shocked by a surprise attack from Egypt and Syria that launched the Yom Kippur War. It came by land, sea, and air with paragliders, speedboats, motorcycles, and rockets. Hundreds have been killed. Hostages have been taken. It's being called a 9-11 moment for Israel, and Prime Minister Netanyahu's promise that Israel will retaliate with a might and scale the enemy has not yet known. Overnight, Israel launched air attacks on Gaza. Tanks are rolling towards the border. The shock waves are spreading across the region and the world. Foreign correspondent James Longman starts us off from Tel Aviv. Good morning, James. Yeah, good morning, George. I'm at a strike site in central Tel Aviv. You can see this building entirely destroyed. The cleanup operation has started. Uh, cars all along the street completely destroyed as well. This just does not happen in an area like this. People are in shock. They should be enjoying their weekend. Instead, this is a country at war because mm -hmm. the fighting is continuing. In six locations uh, along the border with Gaza, where Hamas militants uh, infiltrated into Israeli territory, the images are truly shocking, taking people by surprise, killing them on the spot where they found them. We now uh, understand at least 500 Israelis have been killed and as many as 2,000 injured. Hostage situations are also ongoing, both here in Israel and in the Gaza Strip. Hamas says they've taken dozens of hostages, men, women, children and the elderly, and that is going to further complicate Israel's response. Yes, we've seen airstrikes overnight, as many as 250 Palestinians dead, but will Israel send in ground to Gaza, and what will that do to the region? We've, we've already heard this morning of an altercation between Hezbollah and Israel uh, from Lebanon, and so there is deep concern but make no mistake this is talk right there some even calling this worse than the attacking yeah george it's extraordinary i mean i've been to this country already this year just four times for various different uh, terrorist attacks and incidents there's a level of uh, kind of resolution that israelis have come sadly to expect terror incidents in their country this is completely different shock sadness uh, complete desperation really seeing the images of these women and elderly people being transported on motorbikes and in cars over into Gaza they want a resolution quickly but that doesn't happen overnight anywhere in this region and certainly won't in this situation George okay James okay so that's the end of that video but what I want to read here it says that at least 700 people have died and over 2,000 have been injured in Israel after there were uh, rockets were fired from Gaza into Israel by Hamas militants. Um, so the Israelis authorities have been, you know, pretty informative with giving out updates um, regarding this issue. It says that the uh, Palestinian Health Ministry said 370 are dead and 2,200 others are injured in Gaza. And also at least 700 people are also dead, according to the Israeli health officials. So around 2,100 people are injured in Israel. So that sounds like a, a total of over 3,000 people. And um, it says that the Palestinian militants fired at least 2,200 rockets towards Israel. Uh, Hamas claimed at least 5,000 rockets were fired, all landing in southern and central Israel. 
They also said that several Americans killed in Hamas attacks on Israel. Okay. Um, they said that we can confirm the deaths of several U.S. citizens. We extend our deepest condolences to the victims and to the families of all those affected. So there's a U.S. Um, this was a statement that was made by ABC News. Um, so what I like to talk about with this Israel incident is the people that are in Israel are God's children, the Jews. But we need to talk about the specific type of Jews who God is coming back for. Okay. Um, let me, I wanted to share an article. Okay. I want to share an article about, um, So one second here. Um, okay, so earlier this year, I want to talk about some of the things that has been going on in Israel. And then I'll get into the prophetic word of what is taking place. And... um god sort of okay so when we look here there's an article that uh was published on uh, march 22nd of this year it is out of jerusalem it says evangelical christians from various countries marched to show their support for israel in jerusalem on october 1st of 2015 they have a photo here from that um, but what they're talking about here, this is the Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin uh, Netanyahu, who on Wednesday said that he would prevent the passage of a proposal by a powerful ally in his governing coalition to punish Christians um, proselytizing with jail time. So let's look up this word proselytizing. Okay. Proselytize. Proselytize. Proselytize is basically to induce someone to convert to one's faith, to recruit someone to join one's party, institution, or cause. So basically, proselytize is the ability to convert Christians over to God. So um, basically, what we see here is um, the Orthodontic Jews, it says here, reading on um the proposal had raised an uproar with evangelical christians one of israel's strongest and most influential supporters in the united states um i want to really before I, I continue on with this podcast i just want to make sure that everyone understands that this wasn't a easy um podcast for me to discuss tonight um but i have to discuss it because this is what the lord wanted me to do 
So I'm going to do what God wants me to do. And now what it's it's not about pleasing people. Um, it's really about pleasing God. And so God is my Lord and Savior. And so he has given me his word to speak. And so that's what I will be doing. And so I really wanted to reflect on this because this is what God wanted me to discuss tonight about Israel. So um, the proposal had raised an uproar with evangelical Christians, one of Israel's strongest and most influential supporters in the United States. And so basically what this proposal is, is it was a bill that was introduced in January by a pair of ultra orthodox Jewish lawmakers. So including uh, Moshe Gaffney, who has the parliament's finance committee. So a parliament is their government system, similar to like the United States um, Congress. All right. They, you have a, par a parliament system instead of a Congress. Okay. Um, so Moshe Gaffney heads the parliament finance committee. All right. And so it says soliciting someone to convert their faith should be punishable by one year in prison and solicitation to convert a minor would be punishable with the two year sentence. So basically what these ultra Orthodox uh, Jewish lawmakers were doing was they were introducing a bill that would prohibit other people from converting to Christianity. So they didn't want anybody coming over and uh, proselytizing and converting other um, races of people or other people over to Christianity or bringing anyone over to believe in God. They felt that they are the true ultra Orthodox Jewish people who are God's children. And so no one else should be allowed to be converted over. Okay. Basically, this is the bill that these um, ultra Orthodox Jewish lawmakers had introduced. Um, and so recently, the they are mainly Christians. They solicit, um, you have these evangelized Christians over in Israel that really, really is spreading the word of God. They're, they're spreading the word of God so much that they have a very high conversion rate, right? So they are bringing people over into the kingdom of God. They are bringing, they are proselytizing to people, bringing them over to the kingdom of God. And so what the ultra Orthodox Jews are saying is, look, they should not be able to do that. They should be, it should be punishable by one year in prison. And if they, for anybody that they convert, and it also two years, if they convert any children over to Christianity. And so, um, Moving on to this bill, okay, so the bill was advanced, but it drew widespread attention in the American evangelical world um, early March after all the Israel news and eventual uh, event. So on um, events, any law 
didn't want to really advance the bill. He, he just wanted to let you know that it isn't okay through the Christianity. Um, the problem was is that evangelical Christians, particularly in the United States, were among the strongest backers of Israel. Okay, so viewing it as the seeing it as the harbinger of a second coming of Jesus, that um, you have these Jews who are still really, really, really focused under the law. Um, they're not accepting the New Testament. They're not accepting that Jesus said that it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't matter if. We were held in custody under the law, locked up until the fate that was to come will be revealed. So the law was our guardian until Christ came, that we might be justified by faith. So basically what he's saying is that they were they were locked up into these laws, right? They were he's he's saying that they were locked up in faith, right? They couldn't expound on their faith. They were locked up in faith because they were subjected to the law. That's all they were subjected to. And so he says in verse 24, so the law was our guardian. So the law was their overseer. You see, this is what, this is what Paul is saying. Until Christ came, that we might be justified by faith. So we are justified by faith, right? Through Christ, which allows us to receive uh, grace, because of our faith in, in Christ. So now in verse 25, it says, now that this faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. So the blanket that was protecting us really was um the, so that we would no longer be subjected under the law. So Jesus Christ crucified, when, when he was crucified, it provided salvation to us. And so what this means in verse 26, so in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus, right? This is what the Bible says. So we don't pick and choose what we believe in the word of God. We, we all, okay? So in verse 29, it says, and if you heirs according to the promise, okay? So what that means that we are, you're born into Christ, you are heirs. We are heirs of God. So when you look at this, when you look here at this, um, at, at this uh, particular post, when they're talking about, look, these, this they don't not want anyone uh, uh proselytizing 
bringing people over to Christianity to introduce the bill as a procedural matter. Like, look, don't keep taking it so far where you're bringing all of these uh, Christians now. You're converting too many Christians over to our belief system. This goes against God, okay? So I just want to make sure that everybody is aware that God wants his children to be invited into his kingdom. When they have fallen away and have joined God, they have they are they become a part of the body of Christ. It doesn't matter if they are slave or free, if they are Gentiles, if they are Palestinians, they are Arab, they are African, they Hindu, they was Chinese, Asian, Korean, Mexican, Puerto Rican, Colombian, Italian. It doesn't matter about any of that. So what this is saying here is that Israel has long welcomed evangel evangelicals, political and financial support. They welcome it. Okay. However, they largely shrugged off concerns about hidden religion, religious agenda. So most Jews view any effort to convert them to Christianity as offensive. Do you see this? But most Jews view any effort to convert them to Christianity as deeply offensive. A legacy of centuries of prosecution and forced conversion at the hands of Christian rulers. So in part because of those sensitivities, evangelical Christians rare, rarely target Jews. So what they're saying is, in March of 2023, it has been an all-out war with the ultra-Orthodox Jews that do not want Christian conversion. So there is other scriptures also that I would like to talk about. But before I do, Let's look at this. Yeah, I, I, I think I am going to talk about it right now. So this scripture says, um, oh, before I get there, let, let's talk about this next article. So this is another article that was also published. Twenty-three. It was from Middle East Eye. Okay, this is like a newsletter in and missionary bill is Israel. So now you have Palestinian Christians who really believe in God, who have basically denounced and renounced, like let go of their Islamic ties and have converted their faith over to Christianity. It says the proposal of legislation comes amid an increase in attacks against clergymen and churchgoers by far-right Israelis. So you see that this is a, a actually Palestinian Christian uh, or Orthodox service on Easter night 
at the Church of St. Um, Porphyrius in Gaza City on April 23rd of 2023. So this is a church with a lot of people there. They are uh, reading the Bible. These are Palestinian Christian people. Okay. It says, let's go into the article. Um, it says Christians say they are being squeezed out of Israel after two right wing Israeli politicians proposed leg legislation that would punish Christian proselytizing with jail time. So earlier this week, U.S. based evangelical Christians raised concerns after a powerful ally in Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's governing coalition proposed a bill that would ban missionary practices in Israel. So basically they wanted to ban missionary practices because the conversion rate for Christianity is widespread in Israel. They're converting Islamic people. They're converting Palestinians. They're converting everybody. They're converting Iranians. They're converting people to Christianity. So it says here that on Wednesday, following mounting criticism in the U.S. against the bill, Netanyahu issued a statement assuring Christians that it wouldn't be made into law. So we will not advance any law against the Christian community. This is what he said on Twitter. So now you have several U.S. evangelical groups welcome the decision but Palestinian Christians told the Middle East I that anti-Christian sentiment ran high with churchgoers being frequently attacked by far-right Israelis. So you had these far-right Israelis who were like, look, we don't want you in the kingdom of God. You're not allowed to enter into the kingdom of God. You are not allowed to be converted over to Christianity. That's what they're saying, okay? So now you see here, um, Jonathan Kutab, director of Friends of Savile North America, which is also pronounced uh, an acronym F-O-S-N-A, um, is basically a Christian grassroots movement dedicated to Palestinian uh, liberation. And so they said that while the bill was unlikely to pass, it came at a time of increasingly violent rhetoric from Israeli lawmakers following Netanyahu's return to power. So the religious parties in Israel are vehemently anti-Christian. So they are anti-Christian Jews. And they do not want you trying to be a Christian. Okay? This is in a direct contradiction to what God allows do you understand? I'm going to say it again. Being anti-Christian, when you do not want Christians converting over, that is a direct contradiction to what God allows. So it says, it's just that Israel is largely a secular country and they haven't had much influence in the past. Now they feel that they have influence and leverage in their bid to turn the country into a kind of theocracy. So Glenn Plummer, Bishop of Israel for the Church of God in Christ, based in Memphis, Tennessee, told the Times of Israel that even if the bill failed to pass, 
he was concerned that it would create hostility toward Christians. Christians United for Israel, which is CUFI, described itself as the largest pro-Israel organization in the United States. But they did not reply to the request for comment. So dismal situation. So the Palestinian Christian, Christian I'm sorry, the Palestinian Christian population has dwindled in recent years, which recent estimates suggested that it's just one tenth of what it was seventy years ago. So people don't realize that there is a phenomenon of hatred against Christians in Israel and Palestine. It is something they routinely downplay," said Kotab highlighting recent attacks against christian clergymen as well as restrictions on holy sites across palestine over the past three months in particular so you have this time is in march and april so three months prior to that now you have people getting killed and attacked clergymen so just say december january of this year january of this year december of last year so we see that the two Israelis entered the church of Gasmane and occupied East Jerusalem and physically attacked a bishop and two priests during a religious service. The Orthodox Patriarchate of Jerusalem released a statement condemning the incident and lamented about the lack of international media coverage of the attack. So they were already attacking the clergyman in the middle of church service and it wasn't getting any media coverage at all so this dismal situation hasn't drawn any appropriate reaction locally or internationally despite appeals requests and protests made by the churches of the holy land it is painfully clear now that the authentic christian presence in the holy land is in great danger It says, meanwhile, last month, so this is talking about February, a statue of Jesus was vandalized at the church of the condemnation in the old city with the Jewish American tourists arrested over the attack. So despite Israelis claim that it respects freedom of religion, Christians have long been oppressed by the state. Do you see that? I'm going to read this again. Despite Israel's claim that it respects freedom of religion, Christians have long been oppressed by the state. Okay. And so although this isn't something that is okay, and this is not right, but we have to understand what is happening spiritual, spiritually. Okay. God's children are being attacked. They cannot read the word. They do not want them converted over into Christianity. They are being killed. They are being attacked for having a missionary, for being an evangelist, for being a Christian. So this is, it says not free to practice. So Rob said the plight of Palestinian Christians like their Muslim, like their Muslim counterparts is routinely ignored by us Christians. 
Palestinian Christian villages have been depopulated and razed to the ground. Thousands of Christians have been driven out of Palestine by Zionist forces and policies. And the Palestinian Christians that remain are not free to practice their religion. So they are slaughtered. This isn't God's holy land. We're talking about God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The God that whose temple is built in out there. We're talking about God. This is God's holy land where they are stopping Christians from reading the word of God. So it's been decades since members of, of this person's family entered Jerusalem only minutes from their home to pray at the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. Christians in Bethlehem, the birthplace of Jesus, are imprisoned behind a massive concrete wall, unable to visit Jerusalem or other holy pet places like Nazareth. Do you see that? Do you hear this? So I'll, I'll share this on my social media platform. So everyone can see it. But um, it says, Chris, they, they are imprisoned behind a concrete wall and unable to visit Jerusalem at all. This is what's happening in Israel since March, since actually last year. They said this has been going on for longer than that. Okay. So Christians in Gaza cannot even dream of visiting Jerusalem. Nazareth or Bethlehem. Gatab said the Christian Zionists in the U.S. considered amongst Israel's biggest sponsors and supporters were either unaware of Palestinian Christians plight or deliberately ignored it. So they're ignoring the Palestinian Christians. You have the Palestinians that are upset and angry with the evangelical christians who are converting their palestinian people over to christianity so they are angry because they don't allow palestinians to practice their religion openly in they in a city it says israeli israel has long welcomed evangel uh evangelicals political and financial support and has largely ignored concerns about any hidden religious agendas. Most Christian Zionists don't even know that there are Palestinian Christians. They think it is a, a fight against Muslim and Jews. So this isn't a fight against Muslim and Jews. This is a fight that is against Palestinian Christians who want to be Christians. People being converted over to Christianity. So this is what the world believes. I'm going to read this again. Okay. His name is Katab. He says, most Christian Zionists don't even know that there are Palestinian Christians. They think that it is a fight against Muslims and Jews. Their theology looks at Israel, not in political terms, but as a signs of end times. And they support Israel, not because they think it's the politically correct thing to do, but because they are doing God's will. 
Katab added that the attacks on Christians in Palestine are rarely highlighted in the U.S. And when they are, people tend to think that it's Muslims as the perpetrators. So when they hear the phrase Judeo-Christian, they think, oh, we are like the Jews and we are fighting against violent radical Islam. So it is all tinged with Islamophobia, he said. Middle East Eye delivers independent and unraveled coverage and analysis of the Middle East, North Africa and beyond. So we see that it really, really is a war out with Christians and Jews. So you have the Orthodox, the ultra-Orthodox Jews that do not want these Palestinian Christians. And that is the war. And so now that is what the problem is. But I want to go to the word of God. And this is so important here because um, I want to turn to this scripture about it's uh, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. And that's what we're going to read. It says concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered to him. We ask you, brothers and sisters, not to become easily unsettled or alarmed by the teaching allegedly from us, whether by a prophecy or by word of mouth or by letter, asserting that the day of the Lord has already come. So people should not assert that the day of the Lord has already come. That's what it's saying. Don't let anyone deceive you in any way. For that day will not come until the rebellion occurs. Okay, so we're going to play very close attention to verse 3. So for 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3. Don't let anyone deceive you in any way. For that day will not come until the rebellion occurs and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the man doomed to destruction. So we look at the King James Version, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3. It says, let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. So the King James Bible says, come a falling away first. The NIV Version says, until the rebellion occurs. So when we look here, I wanted to go over this. I actually have this pulled up. Um, and I wanted to talk about how important it is to understand what the great falling away or a great rebellion is. So the great rebellion, when you think of rebellion, let's look at the Sean's Concordance. So we see that the problem is, is that the news and media coverage are portraying that as Muslims and Jews, when in fact it is Jews against Christians. Okay, so here we go. Um, we're going to look up the word rebellion. Rebellion, concretely bitter or rebellious, bitter, 
Um, so in the strong concordance, this is I'm just looking in the Old Testament. The Old Testament um has the word rebellion. I'm sorry, the word rebellion is mentioned in the Bible nine different times. It has four different meanings. Okay. Um, but we're not going to look at the uh Strong's Concordance for the word rebellion. We're actually gonna look for falling away. And let's see if that comes up. Or I could look up the word first because it says it says um so that's in Thessalonians. Second Thessalonians chapter two. So I have to find this actual um, scripture here. So let me um, just before I get into the, this definition, um, let me explain what the concordance is. Okay. One second here. I don't know why I have to go through all of that. I was trying to, okay. It only looks like it only has, let's see. It doesn't even have it on this one. Let me type in falling away and see if that comes up. Okay, it does. So this is good. So um, I actually have to click on this first. Okay, here we go. So now I can get into this. So apostasia, apostasia, right? Or apostasia. That's how they pronounce it. Apostasia. Um, it's it means defection from truth. Properly, the state is a uh, apostasy, falling away for sake. That's what it's what it's called. Um, and if you we we can look at Strong's number six four six. Strong six four six. Okay, so strong six four six. Um so we see we see this word, which really means forsake. So um uh falling away right so we see it also we see this in x um 21 and 21 
and also in 2 Thessalonians 2 and 3. So when we look up here, uh, Acts 21 and 21, it says here that, and they were informed of thee that thou teachest all the Jews which are among the Gentiles to forsake Moses, saying that they are not to circumcise their children, neither to walk after the customs. So when we look at these two in context type of uh, meanings here, um, we see that it is first talked about in Acts 21 and 21, where it's talking about forsaking Moses. So you have these people who are saying, well, among the Gentiles, all the Jews which are among the Gentiles who forsake Moses. So you see it's Jews in this instance that are telling the Jews that are amongst the Gentiles to forsake Moses because they don't want to have anything to do with the Gentiles. These are Jews again. Okay. So we see in 2 Thessalonians 2 and 3, let no man deceive you by any means for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first. And that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. So when we look at the Strong's Concordance, the Bible is comprised of two different testaments. You have the Old Testament, you have the New Testament. So in the Old Testament, it is written in Hebrew scrolls. In the Greek, I'm sorry, in the New Testament, it is written in Greek. And so what it does, it, it gives us the translation of the Bible from Hebrew and Greek. And so we're looking at the Strong's Concordance, it's going to give us a Strong's number or a lexicon number or a name, a Strong's name. And it'll identify each word in the Bible to its Hebrew root and also to its Greek root. And so when we look at the uh, the New Testament, I'm sorry, the Old Testament, we have the first five books of the Bible, which is Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. That's considered the Torah. That is the law that God gave everyone. And many of these Jews are really confined to the law, right? I talked about this on Friday and how... You know, uh, many Jews, they, they, they it was an abrupt change when Jesus returned, right? And so they didn't really want to accept this new way, um, specifically after Jesus was crucified and he resurrected. They had to, you know, understand that they were no longer under the law anymore, right? And so that wasn't something that they were really ready to adopt. And so you have all of these other Jews who now are teaching their children and their children's children. And so pretty much you have Jews in today's society that really still believes in the law. They're focused just specifically on the law. Then you have many Jews who just really blatantly go against Christianity altogether. So this is quite concerning. We understand that there is going to be a great falling away, a rebellion. And this is a rebellion that we see. They are rebelling against God's children. They are rebelling against Christianity. They are rebelling against God's word. You have the people in this country that are rebelling against God's word. You have people that are uh, worshiping so many other gods that are going against God's word. 
And so I wanted to talk about, let's talk about this here. Okay. Um, so this is Strong's number 646. And what it means is, I'm going to keep this up. It What it means is um, apostasia. Apostasia. Okay. And so I, I wanted to read this um, like article about, um, will there be a great apostasy during the end times? And so we see that the Bible indicates that there will be a great apostasy during the end times. That's the great falling away, a great rebellion. You have these people killing in Israel because they don't want Christians converted over to Christianity. Palestinian Christians. So it doesn't matter about what the news is portraying. It matters about if you you pick up the news articles and you read what is being said in the Middle East, okay? So we see that the King James calls it a, a great falling away according to 2 Thessalonians 2 and 3. But the Greek word for the great falling away or the rebellion is called the great apostasy. So, and, and, and the apostasy is a rebellion. I, I'm going to pull this up. It looks like they, they even put a definition here. Cool. Let's look at, let's look at gotquestions.org. They have an actual video of it. So, let's look at it. What is apostasy and how can I recognize it? We're going to answer that question. This is a condensed answer. For a deeper look, check out gotquestions.org. Apostasy from the Greek word apostasia means a defiance of an established system or authority, a rebellion, an abandonment, or breach of faith. In the first century world, apostasy was a technical term for a political revolt or defection. Even now, apostasy threatens the body of Christ. The Bible warns about people like Arius, a Christian priest who was determined to emphasize the oneness of God. However, he went too far in his teaching and became a false doctrinal teacher. With respect to apostasy, it is critical that all Christians understand two important things. How to recognize apostasy and apostate teachers, and why apostate teaching is so deadly. As to the forms of apostasy, there are two main types. One, a falling away from key and true doctrines of the Bible into heretical and false teachings. And two, a complete renunciation of the Christian faith, resulting in a full abandonment of Christ. Arius represents both forms. He denied a key Christian truth and the divinity of Christ, and that began a downhill slide into a full departure from the faith. Jude was the half-brother of Jesus and a leader in the early church. In his New Testament letter, he outlines how to recognize apostasy and strongly urges everyone in the body of Christ to contend earnestly for the faith, not just leaders. For certain persons have crept in unnoticed, those who were long beforehand marked out for this condemnation, ungodly persons who turn the grace of our God into licentiousness and deny our only Master and Lord, Jesus Christ. In this one verse, Jude provides three traits of apostasy and apostate teachers. 1. Apostasy is subtle. 
Jude used the word crept to describe its entry into the church. Apostasy is cunning, crafty, and rare to be overt or easily detectable. 2. Jude describes the apostates as ungodly and as those who use God's grace as a license to commit unrighteous acts. Jude takes it a step further and lists an additional 17 unflattering traits that help identify the apostates. 3. Apostates deny our only Master and Lord, Jesus Christ. To the pure, all things are pure. But to those who are defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure, but both their mind and their conscience are defiled. They profess to know God, but by their deeds they deny Him, being detestable and disobedient and worthless for any good deed. Through their unrighteous behavior, the apostates show their true selves. Every New Testament book except Philemon contains warnings about false teaching. Why is this? God takes apostasy and false teaching very seriously, simply because ideas have consequences. Right thinking and its fruit produce goodness, whereas wrong thinking and its accompanying action result in undesired penalties. It should be remembered, Satan came into the garden with an idea for the purpose of condemning all humankind with the only remedy being the sacrificial death of God's Son. In AD 325, the Council of Nicaea convened on the issue of Arius and his teaching. Much to his dismay, the end result was his excommunication and a statement in the Nicene Creed that affirmed Christ's divinity. Arius' spiritual children are still in existence today in the form of cults who deny Christ's true essence and person. It is critical, now more than ever, that every believer pray for discernment, combat apostasy, and contend earnestly for the faith that has once and for all been delivered to the saints. That answers the question, what is apostasy and how can I recognize it? Research this question further on our website, gotquestions.org. Give a thumbs up and be sure to click subscribe. Now, meanwhile, if you'd like to study more, click the bell and check out these other questions. So that was a really nice, um, that was a really nice description of apostasy. And so let's go back to, um, this one here. So we see that there is also a, um, a video here, um, about the great apostasy during the end times. So let's look at it and, um, then we can move forward with understanding some of the traits of apostasy. Will there be a great apostasy during the end times? We're going to answer that question. You can also discover more on GodQuestions.org. The Bible indicates that there will be a great apostasy during the end times. The great apostasy is mentioned in 2 Thessalonians 2.3. The KJV calls it the falling away, while the NIV and ESV call it the rebellion. And that's what an apostasy is, a rebellion, an abandonment of the truth. The end times will include a wholesale rejection of God's revelation, a further falling away of an already fallen world. The occasion of Paul's writing to the Thessalonians was to correct some of the errors believers had heard from false teachers. The Christians in Thessalonica were afraid that Jesus had already come. They had missed the rapture, and they were now in the tribulation. 
Paul had already explained the rapture to them in his first letter. Paul writes his second letter to assure them that contrary to what they had heard, and despite the persecution they were enduring, the day of Christ had not yet come. Paul makes it clear that the day of the Lord, a time of worldwide judgment, will not transpire until two things happen. First, the falling away, or great apostasy, must occur. Second, the man of lawlessness, the Antichrist, must make himself known. By then, the end times will indeed have come. Numerous speculations about the identity of the man of sin, beginning in the first century, have included Caligula, Caius Caesar, Muhammad, Napoleon, and any number of Roman popes. None of them were the Antichrist. The man of lawlessness, according to 2 Thessalonians, is the one who will oppose and exalt himself over everything that is called God or is worshipped, so that he sets himself up in God's temple, proclaiming himself to be God. The Greek word translated rebellion or falling away in verse 3 is apostasia, from which we get the English word apostasy. It refers to a general defection from the true God, the Bible, and the Christian faith. Every age has its defectors, but the falling away at the end times will be complete and worldwide. The whole planet will be in rebellion against God and His Christ. Every coup requires a leader, and into this global apostasy will step the Antichrist. We believe this takes place after the church has been raptured from the earth. Jesus warned the disciples concerning the final days. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. That answers the question, will there be a great apostasy during the end times? On our website, gotquestions.org, you'll find a deeper discussion and recommended resources. If this helped you, give us a thumbs up and click subscribe. Meanwhile, if you'd like to study more, click the bell and check out these. Okay, so that was a really interesting video. Um, those two videos really, really confirms that the apostasy will take place um, before the man of lawlessness is revealed. So, right now... We just are seeing some things take place, but I want to go back to Second Thessalonians. Thank you so much for the love. I really do appreciate that. Um, so we're going to look here. I want to also look at uh, quite a few of different scriptures too. So we're going to go to um, Matthew chapter 24. Let's go to Matthew 24. It says here, the destruction of the temple and signs of the end time. It says, Jesus left the temple and was walking away when his disciples came up to him to call his attention to his buildings. Do you see all these things, he asked. Truly, I tell you, not one stone here will be left on another. Everyone will be thrown down. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. Tell us, they said, when will this happen? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? So Jesus answered, watch out that no one deceives you. 
For many will come in my name, claiming I am the Messiah, and will deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. So we see here that there you will hear of wars, and you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. So rumors of wars that's already like taking place. Okay, um, wars that will be there have been wars, um, but see to it that you are not alarmed. So what this is saying is don't be afraid. Don't don't be like don't fret over this, okay? Don't be alarmed like whoo. Like when you're alarmed at something, you're you're startled. Don't be startled by these things. Because we know what the Bible says. Okay? This is what the Bible says. So don't be startled. So such things must happen. But the end is still to come. Okay? Please understand. Do not be alarmed by wars and rumors of wars. That's what it says. Also, don't be deceived by people who are going to say that they God or they the Messiah. Okay? Because there's people out here in the world that's doing it. Don't follow into that. So in verse 7, it says, Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of birth pains. So this is a birth pain here. See, that is showing like the famines, the scarcity of food. You see earthquakes and the natural disasters taking place around the world. These are just beginning of birth pains. So, so far, what we see is there are people that are walking around calling themselves Messiah or God. There was actually a man, I think, that was in Jerusalem. I don't know. Uh, let, let's look this up. I just want to make sure I cover everything. Okay, here you go. Um, I think this is. I think this is a video. It's it's kind of long. I'm not gonna look at this entire video, but somebody had recently told me about this. Um, what is this? Hello everyone, Tony Ronnie here. Okay, so 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 here we go. So this is one instance where there is a man that is in Jerusalem. This was back like in last year in December, and he was they the Jews were calling him uh, the Messiah. That's what they was calling him, and so uh, let's go at seven minutes. Here we go. Let's listen to this part. So this is a video that is by Tommy Tommy uh Our Yami. And he's saying Jews are calling him the Messiah. We know that they're waiting on the Messiah still. This man is 
likely going to be who they're going to name the Messiah because nobody else has came in history besides Jesus who was so proficient in the Torah and now their Talmud as well. Okay, and keep. Okay, so I just wanted to share that with you all, just to let you know, and those of you who are coming in late, um, you know, in the Jew, among the Jews in Jerusalem, especially among the Orthodox Jews, uh, there is a there is a claim that the man I just shared in that video is indeed the Messiah um, that was prophesied, and I just want to give my perspective as a prophet. Um, to that um, and just point out now what's his name I don't know I've just found out about this this morning so I probably need to do a little bit more due diligence to figure out who exactly he is but there's only really that video on the internet uh, right now presenting him and they are probably they're saying they're probably getting ready to claim this man as their Mashiach their, their chosen one now just so you know um, there have been many messiahs in Jewish tradition, even before Jesus. And that's throughout scripture, that actually even before Jesus, many had claimed to be the messiah or uh, 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 Mashiach, as the, the Jewish people call him. But even, you know, uh, David was considered a messiah. Alexander was called the messiah. Um, so, but when we talk about messiahs versus, or the messiah versus the false messiahs, we're not really speaking about the messiah to be king of Israel. We're speaking about the messiah to the throne of David that has been prophesied from all of the prophets until now. Jesus fulfilled all of the prophets and the law. Uh, we know this throughout scripture. He is proof positive from scripture from biblical prophecy we can point to every single circumstance especially in the new testament begins to line out you know he moved to nazareth then it says in the old testament he will be called a nazarene uh we rachel weeping for her children refusing to be comfortable we know that to have happened uh during the time of Jesus's birth when people were being killed a star shall arise out of Jesse we know that the Magi in the New Testament came around that time uh, seeking out a star and these were skilled astrologers who knew this star was particularly different I love the fact that God didn't use Christians to confirm the star I love the fact that God used magicians Magi people outside of the faith confirmed the promise but for those of you who want to know, where are we right now? Because, you know... Okay, so when he's talking about people outside of the faith that confirmed the promise, there were um, uh, Herod's uh, magicians were the wise men. And so there were three wise men who were sent out to go and, and follow the star. And so that's they went and confirmed that it was Jesus. But they were, they were actually magicians. Um, so that's what he's referring to there. People are expecting me to prophesy uh, not past 2030. And so if I prophesy past 2030, you'll see on some of my videos, this guy's a false prophet because surely Jesus is going to come by 2030. So why is he prophesying past the year 2030? He clearly can't see uh, what's going on in the world today. 
Okay, so no one knows the day or the hour of our Lord's return. Not even the angels in heaven know. Um, so I'm going to pull up that scripture. But I, I just wanted to show you all here that um, it's, he's talking about this other Messiah. So there are a lot of Messiahs that's, that's basically already been talked about. Okay, so um, let's go back to the scripture here. So I was just looking at, um, see, okay. So that's the article. Okay. So going back to Matthew 24, we see that, um, we see that they're, they're going to be, uh, in, in Matthew 24, verse five, for many will come in my name, claiming I am the Messiah and will deceive, excuse me, and will deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. So God does not want you to be deceived. He does not want you to be alarmed by these things. Um, you will hear of these wars and rumors of wars. But just don't be alarmed by it, okay? That's basically, just keep that in your mind. These things must happen, but the end is still to come. So the end still needs to take place. We see that, right? Um, even though, so we're going to see Messiah, false false messiahs, messiahs, people deceiving people. We're going to see wars and rumors of wars. We're going to see all of that, right? But that's still not the end, Okay. Um, verse 7, nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. So we see Russia going against uh, Ukraine, uh, the United States. Like, it's so much going on. It's like kingdom against kingdom, nation against nation. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of earth, birth pains. Then you will be handed over to be prosecuted and put to death. Okay, so this is already happening and and uh where this is happening i think in china right china also um we see that people are being put to death for believing in christ in israel right now um and you will be hated by all nations because of me now that's something that hasn't taken place yet right you will be hated by all nations because of me so we know that that haven't had to take place. It says, sorry. Okay. So we see that that has not taken place yet. Uh, verse 10. At the time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. So we know that people are turning away from their faith. Um, but we also know that there are a lot of people that turn to God. Um so we have to look at this and they will betray and hate each other so once they turn away from their faith they're gonna they're gonna betray and, and hate on each other so is this happening around the world so like just you know we can't all the way for sure for sure confirm that this has happened we know that people are turning away from their faith but are they really hating each other that bad like you know there is still some love um and so we still have God's children here on earth. And, um, but it says in verse 11, and many false prophets will appear and deceive many people because of the increase of wickedness. The love of most will grow cold. So people are so wicked. We know that a lot of people 
they are growing cold in this world. But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved and the gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. So we have to understand that the, all of these things have to take place before the end come. The gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world. The whole world. So nobody can say that they didn't hear the gospel or they no one gave them information about God. See, Romans 1 and 20, it says here, let's look at Romans 1 and 20. It says, for since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. So there is not going to be no excuse. For one, we have gravity. You have a breath. You have the breath of air. You have uh, air to breathe. You know, so like there is no excuse. And then we also see here in Matthew 24 and verse 14 that the gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. So it does not matter what a person's heart is like. They will have heard the word of God. Period. That's what the Bible says. It's going to be preached to all the nations. All the nations. That's everybody. Now, please do not misinterpret. Babies cannot understand. Babies are not accountable. Okay? They do not know about the word of God yet. So, you're accountable for what? When you reach the age where you know right from wrong right from wrong and you hear the word of god you get introduced to god's word so god's word will be preached in the whole world as a testimony and then the end will come after that so i want to go go back to um first thessalonians so let's go back to let's go to first thessalonians and so uh Okay. Okay, here we go. So, the other um, scripture I want to look at is 1 Thessalonians chapter... Let's look at chapter 13. I'm sorry. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 13. So, it says, And we also thank God continually because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it 
not as a human word, but as it actually is the word of God, which is indeed at work in you who believe. So the word of God, what this means is that the word of God works in people that believe. The word of God does not work in people that don't believe. They don't want the word of God working in them. They don't allow the word of God to work in them. That's why the scripture is clearly telling us specifically, we thank God continually. Because when you receive the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it, not as a human word, but as it actually is the word of God, which is indeed at work in you who believe. So the word of God is going to work in you because you believe. The word of God works in people that believe. So for you, brothers and sisters, became imitators of God's churches in Judea, which are in Christ Jesus. You suffer for your own people the same things those churches suffer from the Jews. So we see that these Jews are still doing what? Causing people to suffer. Even in, even in Paul's time. These are Jews that are causing people. It, it says it right here. Verse 14, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, chapter 2, verse 14. For you, brothers and sisters, became imitators of God's churches in Judea, which are in Christ Jesus. You suffered from your own people the same things those churches suffered from the Jews who killed the Lord Jesus and the prophets and also drove us out. This is in the Bible. Okay, you go first first Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 14. It says, once again, you suffer from no from your own people who the who you suffer from your own people the same things those churches suffer from the Jews who killed the Lord Jesus and the prophets and also drove us out. They displeased God and are hostile to everyone in their effort to keep us from speaking to the Gentiles so that they may be saved. They didn't even want Paul speaking to the Gentiles. We are talking about Jews. We're not talking about Muslims. We were talking about ultra-Orthodox Jewish people who introduced the bill that wanted to send people that were Christians to jail in March of 2023. We're talking about Jews that are wanting to send Christians to jail. So we need to make sure that we're being diligent in our studies and we're being diligent in the word of God. We are also being diligent in giving out information that is accurate information. So we see that they displease God and are hostile to everyone in their effort to keep us from speaking to the Gentiles 
so that they may be saved. In this way, they always heap up their sins to the limit. The wrath of God has come upon them at last. So God's wrath is coming on the Jews at this point of what he's saying, what Paul is saying. Yes, Paul is longing for the Thessalonians to, you know, basically have hope and joy so that they can experience the glory and the presence of the, of, of the Lord Jesus when he comes. But listen, these Jews are going to experience the wrath of God. We are not living in Israel. We are not Christians in Israel that are being, that are suffering, that are being attacked, that are being killed and slaughtered. You as a believer in Christ, you must stop reading all of this foolishness that is not helping you know what to pray about. We see here from these articles, clearly from, from the Middle East Eye News, where it talks about right here, clear, clearly it says, Katab added that attacks on Christians in Palestine are rarely highlighted in the United States. And when they are, people tend to think that it's Muslims as the perpetrators. So when they hear the phrase Judeo-Christian, they think, oh, we are like the Jews and we are fighting against violent radical Islam. So it is Islam phobia. And then, then he says, he also says their theology looks at Israel not in political terms, but as signs of the end times. And they support Israel not because they think it's politically correct the things to do, but because they are doing God's will. So instead of focusing, and we are talking about the the we we who we're we're talking about the Christian Zionists here in the United States, they are the ones who's really really focused on protecting Israel, and this is good. We all should be involved in the protection of Islam. I mean, not uh not Islam, but in the protection of Christianity. And so the Christian Zionists are simply saying, okay, we're going to protect the the Israelis. And so that's good, but they're not involved in it. They're so focused on Islam that they're not focusing on the Jews that are attacking Christianity. It's about the protection of God's children. There is no way this, this parliament, this man, he clearly says he is the, the parliament's finance committee. Soliciting someone to convert their faith should be punishable by one year in prison. And solicitation to convert a minor would be punishable with a two-year sentence. This is mediocre. This is some rhetoric that is satanic. This is not from God. This is wrong. It, so you're saying that when you are in dissident uh, against the 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 parliament that you don't want to you want to go out and you want to to 
convert Christians. You're going to be penalized. You're going to be attacked. Now, these people are in jail. Why, why is America talking about the fight with Muslims and Jews? We, as a people, need to be talking about the apostasy that is taking place in Israel. The great falling away. We are talking about Jews that are supposed to be God's children, stopping the conversion of people being converted to Christianity. Now, if you if you're not accepting this, I'm gonna say this one thing, okay? And I would like to kind of move on. And um, so there's some some more scriptures, and I wanted to really talk about um let's let's talk about i want to talk about some other things here so we see that um in first thessalonians chapter 2 from 13 from verse 13 to 16 the wrath of god has come upon them at last we're talking about these these jews who are also in back in uh paul's days the Jews that are still not wanting Palestinian Christians. They don't want Iranian Christians. They don't want no Christian conversion. So let's look at what this says in Revelation. So you go to Revelation. Um, so we go to Revelation and go to uh, Revelation chapter 3 verse 7. Revelation 3 7. It says to the angel of the church in Philadelphia, right? These are the words of him who is holy and true, who holds the key of David. What he opens, no one can shut. And what he shuts, no one can open. I know your deeds. See, I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. I know that you have little strength, yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. I will make those who are of the synagogue of Satan who claim to be Jews, though they are not, but are liars. So these people are claiming to be Jews, but they are not Jews. They are liars. And so what Jews are we talking about here? What Jew do you know would be persecuting Christians if they were not from the synagogue of Satan? So these Jews seems to me to be uh, like really, really enforcing. Really for enforcing lies. When we look here go back up to this article it says that the bill was introduced as a procedural matter as he has done in the past and there were no plans to advance it we talked we just learned about apostasy and the deception surrounding apostasy and everything that we read about the rebellion and the great falling away god is saying do not be deceived 
The Bible, God is using Paul to speak to through Paul. Do not be deceived. Do not be deceived. This is all you keep hearing. Do not be deceived. So how many times does God have to pre-warn the world and say, do not be deceived? This man, they're going to introduce a bill that put Christians in jail. And now the world is this steady spread of news about Muslims. And yes, it probably is a Muslim war because it's uh, Christians against Jews. Oh, that's that. Whoa, well, it sounds like it could be a perfect time to go to war, don't it? The Jews are fighting the, the other Christians. It's basically a house divided within itself. Isn't that what it sounds like? So a house divided against itself cannot stand. You want to introduce a bill, but you say you're not going to advance the bill. But yet you're throwing Christians in jail. These are just two articles. Imagine if I pull up any more articles. So we see going back to Revelation chapter 7 in verse 9. It says, I will make those who are of the synagogue of Satan, who claim to be Jews, though they are not but our liars, I will make them come and fall down at your feet and acknowledge that I have loved you. Since you have kept my command to endure patiently. So this is, this is for the Jews who is enduring. I will also keep you from the hour of trial that is going to come on the whole world to test the inhabitants of the earth. So what God, what this is saying, he's going to keep us from the hour of trial. This is very important. This, this verse 10 right here. If you endure patiently, I will also keep you from the hour of trial. Like trial court. Okay. There is going to come on the whole world to test the inhabitants of the earth. I am coming soon. Hold on to what you have so that no one will take your crown. The one who is victorious, I will make a pillar in the temple of my God. Never again will they leave it. I will write on them the name of my God and the name of the city of my God. The new Jerusalem. Which is coming down out of heaven from God. And I will also write on them my new name. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So what this is saying is, look, you in Jerusalem with other Jews that is claiming to be Jews, but really are from the, the, the synagogue of Satan and are liars. And so if you endure, God said that, that, that here I will write on them the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which is coming down out of heaven from God. So look, God's word 
is going to accomplish that which it is sent out to accomplish. And it said, but we see that there has been a great falling away and it continues to spread. Not just within the United States. In other countries as well, we see that there is a great falling away. I recently saw a video of China and they changed the entire Bible to say that Jesus killed and stoned the lady. They said that Jesus did all the bad stuff and they gave it all, all these hundreds of thousands of Bibles to all of the Christians in China to read. That is a rebellion. Christians going to jail is a rebellion. The people in the United States going against God's word. It says 1 Corinthians 11.3. But I want you to realize the head of every man is Christ and the head of every woman is man. The head of Christ is God. God didn't say, it doesn't say man is the head of man and woman is the head of woman. The great rebellion, a great rebellion within the LGBTQ community, a rebellion against God. This is, this is racial cleansing. This is eugenics. This is race. This is a rebellion. God says to go out and multiply and be fruitful. But instead you see all of this racial cleansing through eugenics. A rebellion. Israel. They're sending people. They're killing people because they are Christians. They're going to jail. They're killing the attacking the clergymen in the church preaching. A rebellion. They said in the article, they're not even covering it in international news. This is a rebellion. Going back, if we look at 1 Corinthians, I'm sorry, at 1 Thessalonians, we see that in verse 14 that it says, For you, brothers and sisters, became imitators of God's churches in Judea, which are in Christ. You suffer from your own people the same things those churches suffer from the Jews who killed the Lord Jesus and the prophets and also drove us out. Understand this. I'm going to say this. That the Jews that were killed. Let me explain something. The wrath of God has come upon the Jews. They are not God's children. They are from the synagogue of Satan. So we see that like. You know, there were a lot of things that went on in the Holocaust. Like if we think about the Holocaust, it was so many Jews that were, you know, the Jews were were killed in the Holocaust. We see that here. I, I pulled this up and it says the Holocaust. This was an article that was published by history.com um, in April of this year. And so this is an article that had originated back in 2009, but it was recently updated in April. 
And so when you look at the Holocaust, it was basically like a state-sponsored persecution. The mass murder of millions of European Jews. Rom uh, Rom uh, Romanian people, the intellectually disabled, political dissidents, and homosexuals by the German Nazis. This happened between 1933 and 1940, 1945. But what I wanted to point out here is that we have to understand that when there are current Jews who are still under the law, and they are from the synagogue of Satan. So we don't know who was being killed. Who is, who is God putting his wrath on? We know that it says it right here in verse 16. The wrath of God has come upon them. The wrath of God. So when people, we, they, you have jews that kill jesus you have jews who are imprisoning christians the this is the truth so what do you think god will do to these people so i also wanted to talk about how um you know like i know that I know that the Holocaust uh, uh, included a lot of different things, but you have to understand it also included people that, that were a part of a rebellion. And I'm not saying that that was all right because it is not. But what one thing that we have to understand is that the wrath of God is on people who claim to be Jews, but are from the synagogue of Satan. So if they're claiming to be Jews, but they are not Jews, they are from the synagogue of Satan. As we see in Revelation verse Revelation 3 verse 7. When we look at the Egyptian gods and goddesses and how people were African Americans were sold into slavery, we have to look at the fact that Egypt has many different gods of polytheistic beliefs and worship many other gods. And God under the Ten Commandments said that you shall not have any other God. Don't worship any other God. So when we think about the wrath of God, you can't just think about the wrath of God with slaves with the egyptians right or with africans right you have to think about wait 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 god said don't have no any other god so when god's wrath come on people who's out here doing whatever they want and and causing a rebellion against him that's the wrath of god that is about to come down so God is not about to let his children be, be stripped and thrown in jail and all of this. So we're going to stick to what Revelation, let's go back to Revelation. I'll go back to these other things in a moment. But we see, let's look at this promise here. It's saying, I am coming soon. Hold on to what you have. God isn't about to allow these 
Palestinian Christians. These are his children now. You have children who the Bible talks about. The Bible says, let the little children come to me. It is, it, let, wait, 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 let's talk about the rap of people who do bad things to kids. Now, let's talk about that. That's what we need to talk about because we need to focus on what the rebellion is. And the rebellion is not allowing kids to transition into another sex. That is a rebellion. So let's look here. It says, whoa. The Bible says, woe unto the person. Woe, Matthew 18, verse 6 through 14. But whoso shall offend one of these little ones which believe in me. Mm -mm. Look, 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 listen. We're going to look at this in the NIV version. Matthew 18, 6 through 14. If anyone causes one of these little ones, those who believe in me, to stumble. This is, what the, this is what the word of God says. It's not about what you want to hear. It's not what, what about what you thought you should hear. It's not about what pleases your ears. It's not about, oh, how she said that. I don't like it. The word of God is what the word of God says. So it says, if anyone causes one of these little ones, those who believe in me, to stumble... It would be better for them to have a large millstone hung around their neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. Woe to the world because of the things that cause people to stumble. Such things must come, but woe to the person through whom they come. If your hand or your foot causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life maimed or crippled than to have two hands or two feet and to be thrown into eternal fire. And if your eye causes you to and be thrown into the fire of hell, see that you do not despise one of these little ones. For I tell you that their angels in heaven always see the face of my father in heaven. We are talking about children that are transitioning to another sex. That is a rebellion. God says, do not harm these little ones. Children. We're talking about children. Their angels always see God's face in heaven. This is what the Bible says. The, these children, their angels always see God's face in heaven. So the rebellion, God, God is not going to allow his children to continue to suffer. So we can expect the Lord's return. That's what we can expect. We can expect that nobody know when. Okay. Um. So let's let's look at this here. So uh, I think it's here. 
So we have to all understand what God says in his word. It's not about the way that you feel. It's not about what you think. It's not about the way you want it to be. It's about what God says in his word. And so God's wrath is going to come upon those people that are really rebelling against him. They are literally creating different Bibles, changing the entire Bible. To make it seem like Jesus Christ was the villain. Giving it out to Christians. You're uh, 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 sending Christians to jail. You're wanting them to go to jail in Israel. And you're killing them. They're attacking them preaching. Okay. They're worshiping other messiahs. Calling them the messiah. They're doing any and everything in their power. Not to believe in Jesus Christ. They're doing any and everything in their power not to follow the teachings and the principles of God. We're talking about here on the history.com, we talk about the Holocaust. And yes, the Holocaust was very bad. It was brutal. But we see that they included also homosexuals and also different things that was going on. That that was what? What, what was going on? We see all of these things. We have to understand that when God's wrath comes, it comes. There are still Jews, even from the time of Paul's days, when Paul was on earth, who God inspired to write the Bible. He actually wrote 13 books in the Bible, but it's believed that he also wrote the book of the Latin, the, the, uh, I think the, it's the book of Hebrews. So let's, let's just understand that God is really speaking to everybody here. Okay. The, God wants us to all understand something here. And this is this. When, when the Egyptians were slaved, they had many gods and goddesses that they were worshiping. That's a rebellion. All of these rebellions are all going against God. So when we, when we look at the history, we see that this is passed down from generation to generation to generation. It's just like hate is passed down from generation to generation of hate. How did slavery last for 400 years? Because it was passed down from one generation to the next generation and the next generation. People are having learned and taught behaviors and these learned and taught behaviors are preventing them from having a, a relationship with God. See, it's not about the small things that you think that you are doing in this world. It is about the rebellion that is taking place. People don't need to forget that. They are harming children. And continue to harm children. Do someone need to scream it from the, the rooftop? They are harming children. They can't even, kids don't have the authority to, to get a credit card, let alone finance a car because they are minors. But they can change their own sex. They can't purchase a home. They can't finance or get a mortgage. They can't finance a car. They can't get credit cards. 
but they can change their sex. That is rebellion. Either way, anybody want to look at that. It is rebellion that is taking place around this world. The, all these people that are in political dissonance, we see that happening in Holocaust too. There were people that was against the, the politics, the, the politicians. If these people who you're against are not trying to advance the kingdom of God, what, what are they doing? What is everyone doing here? What are we all doing? The entire world is basically being structured on the way that it isn't right. So what we need to do as children of God is to stay diligent. We keep prayer. And so we see that we can do this. Um, we see that we can still do this. And um, first Thessalonians chapter 17. But brothers and sisters, when we were orphaned by being separated from you for a short time in person, not in thought, out of our intense longing, we made every effort to see you. For we wanted to come to you, certainly I, Paul, did again and again. But Satan blocked our way. But what is our hope, our joy, or the crown in which we will glory in the presence of our Lord Jesus when he comes? Is it not you? Indeed, you are our glory and joy. So, so when we when we look at all of these things, we need to be looking at the fact that God loves us. We need to know what to pray for. Keep quit thinking that. Yes, we all want good things to happen around the world. I want I want kids to be protected. I want you know, legislation to be changed. There is so many different things that we all want to see happen around the world. But there are people in, in power positions that are really, really, really causing a great rebellion to occur. And we as believers in Christ, as much as we don't want these things to take place, the word of God is unraveling in our face. The word of God is being revealed. Prophecy is being fulfilled. And so like what we have to do is pray. Pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. We need to make our requests and our supplications to God. So let me go ahead and pray right now. Because I'm already at the two hour mark. Okay. So let me go ahead and end that on the, on that note. And I want to pray. Oh, and before I pray, I just wanted to let you all know. This is actually a... Oh, thank you so much for the love. I appreciate that. I appreciate that right now. I just saw that. Um, So my internet has been down actually for the past couple of months. And I did not even know. I called the other day to get my internet um looked at for a technician to come out. And when they came out... I actually had called in to um called in and they did a test on my internet and my internet has always been offline. This is what the lady is telling me. She's like, your internet has been offline for a while. And so I'm like, how is it offline when I can go online and I can't, it's like it messes up and then it works. It messes up and then it works. She says, no, you're offline. You're showing completely offline. My lights were on on the internet. Everything was on. So the technician comes out. 
he he looks at the line. He calls me over to the to where the the cable line is. He says this entire your entire cable line is hooked up incorrect. It's water coming out. He opens the connector. It's water all in my cable lines. The water the the my cable lines should never been working. It was filled with water. He gets on on top of the pole thing. He replaces all the cable line. Then he says it's water even in in, the, in part of my attic where the cable lines was connected. The all the entire cable lines all the way from the pole all the way up into my house have water in it from the outside. So God is good, amen. I was still able to get on the internet even though it said offline. And now I have a new internet box and everything is working fine. So um, God is good, you know. Um, so I just wanted to give you all that, that testimony to let you know that my internet was offline. But I was still online. See how prayer worked? God is good. So let me just go ahead and pray, for, pray right now. Father God, we just come bugging before your throne of grace. God, we know what your word says about the apostasy and the great falling away and the rebellion that's taking place around this world. But God, we just ask that you please comfort your children, comfort all the ones that are being thrown in prison, that are being attacked, and some of them are being abused, God. Well, and some are being killed, God. And but we ask that you just really, really comfort the families, God, and comfort the people that can make it through. God, allow us all to make it through to the end, God. We need you, Lord God. So we ask that you give us a double portion of your love, mercy, and grace. Allow us to live through this in a way. So we could persevere to the end, God, till you return. God, we want to be ready when you come, God. So allow us to be ready, God. We know what your word says, God. So we just ask that you provide relief for your children, specifically those ones that are in China who's been getting Bibles that, that has been changed around to say that you are the, the, the person that's bad. So, God, we ask that you get those Christians out of jail, God. We ask that you just, just, just please help the world and help America specifically see what's happening in Israel, God. God, please let some news people that, that really know how to deliver news so that your children can know what's going on. God, let us all be diligent in your word so we can know what to pray for, God. Do not let your children be deceived. God, I know, I know in your word it says even the elect will be deceived. But God, please just have mercy on us, God. Give us, give, give the world more time. But God, we, we know that your children are suffering around the world and so we just ask that you comfort them protect them with your wings and shelter them with your feathers god we plead the blood of jesus from the top of their heads to the soles of their feet god and we just ask that you get them a way out god you you guide them to peace god guide them so that they can escape from the hands of their enemies lord god and we just thank you right now in advance for what